Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash entitled parents, where an entitled father almost kills OP by giving him COVID. Our next Reddit post is from Nanderson. So for some backstory, we have a swim team at my high school that starts mid-November. I wanted to get back in shape before I try out for it, so I joined a gym that had a lap pool that I could use. I'm 17, so I just drive there and back myself. A few days earlier, before this encounter, I learned that a swim team for 10 to 11 year olds started just a few minutes after I would usually stop swimming. On to the story. I just finished my workout and I climbed out of the pool. As I was walking over to my bag, which had my stuff, I saw that a mom and her kid were walking into the pool area. I guess they were here for swim practice, so I just kept drying myself off normally. I'm kinda lazy, so I just put my shorts over my wet jammers to save some time. I finish getting dressed and I start to pack up my swim gear. I had bought some really nice swim gear for myself, like a kickboard, a pull buoy, and a pair of new goggles with some money that I earned from my job. I finished packing the stuff into my bag and start to walk out, but the mom that I saw earlier came over to me. The encounter went like this. Hey, my son forgot his swim gear for his practice today. I was wondering if he could use your gear. Sorry, I'm just about to head out and I need to take my swim gear with me. Could you just leave your stuff here and come back for it tomorrow? No, sorry, I am not comfortable with that. I turn around and start to walk off when this lady grabs my shoulder. So, my son needs that gear for his practice. Just give it to me. I'll leave it at the desk for you tomorrow. I need to go and I am not giving you my stuff. Maybe the coach has gear that you could borrow from. I start to walk off when something that I did not expect to happen happened. The entitled mother literally grabbed my bag, which doesn't only have my gear, but also my wallet and phone, and she started walking away with it. I only had my bag slung over one shoulder, and I wasn't really holding onto it too tightly. Give me my bag back that has my phone in it. So, you should have let me have it, and now it's your fault that you left your phone in it. My son needs his gear more than you do. The lifeguard who was sitting near the pool saw what was happening and walked over. Is there a problem here? Yeah, he wouldn't give me his gear. My son needs that gear more than he does. The lifeguard looks at me and just notices this sheer look of, Are you seeing this BS on my face? Okay, I saw you take his gear away from him. Just give it back or we'll have to kick you out. How come? My son needs that gear more than he does. He wouldn't give it to me. Come on, just give me my bag back. It has my phone in it. The lifeguard made her give me my bag back, and she just walked away with the most pissed off look on her face. The only upside was that I got a two-week free membership to the gym. The lifeguard told the story to his boss, and they wanted to make sure that I still wanted to be at this gym. The lifeguard was a good guy. There should be more people like him. Our next Reddit post is from Daisy Dilf. Backstory, I work at an alcoholic bar that essentially turns into a club at night. This guy just came in with his toddler age kid, ordered a bunch of beers, and then essentially let the toddler run around my bar and do whatever it wants. The toddler made his way behind the bar while I was on my break, and he hit his head on something. So imagine my surprise when I exit the bathroom and immediately get yelled at by this guy about how his kid's misadventurous accident was my fault. His exact quote was, This place isn't fit for a child. There's too much alcohol and wires behind the bar. Uh, maybe because I run a bar, not a daycare. So essentially, I just hate kids and incompetent, entitled parents. So this guy went to a bar, bought alcohol, and then complained that the bar had alcohol. Down in the comments, we have this story from Grindelwald. Ugh. 
It makes me laugh now, but about two years ago, I was standing at a bar waiting to order. It was around 2 p.m. I was meeting a friend, and the bar was fairly empty except for a few people, including a family with two small kids. One of the kids was running around the bar while I waited. The kid actually approached me and grinned up at me. I grinned back. It's a kid. What are you supposed to do? You know what that kid did? He punched me as hard as he could in my lady bits. I didn't know whether to laugh or dropkick him. About half an hour later, the kid face planted next to my table and looked up at me about to cry. I just gave him a big grin and went back to my conversation. Our next Reddit post is from Brother P. I'm a high school principal, and for better or worse, that means signing a lot of documents. I mean a lot. Report cards, individualized education plans, reports, requests, diplomas, the list is endless. Over the years, I've developed a signature that's easy to write, distinctive, and kinda hard to read. In other words, it's a scrawl. Well, recently, I sent home registration papers to a new parent whose teenager will be starting school in September. This package included a cover letter signed by me. The next day, there was a message on our school voicemail from the parent. Hi, I just received the registration package from the school, and I had a question about the letter that came with it. It says that it's from the principal, but I can't read his signature. Now, it's important to note that under my signature is my name and title printed proudly in 12-point Times New Roman. Can someone get back to me about this? My secretary called back, and the entitled mother demanded to speak to me personally. Hi there, OP speaking. How can I help you? I received your letter with the registration package. I was a little confused because I couldn't read your signature. Confused how? It's my signature. I know, but I couldn't read your signatures, so... There was a brief period of silence. You know, I don't want to make a big deal of it, but I don't think it's okay to have a signature that people can't read. I'm not sure I understand the concern. This letter is from me, on school letterhead, with my name and title clearly displayed. But I can't read this signature! I think it needs to be clear so that, you know, I, I mean, people can read it. Another pause. I think you need to change it. Okay, well, thanks for calling. If you're having any difficulty with the registration papers themselves, you can talk to our guidance secretary. Are you gonna fix it? Fix it? My signature? I think you need to change it. Thanks. If you need assistance, I'll pass you to guidance. Bye now. I hung up. A little while later, I received an email from the entitled mother with suggested examples of what she wanted my signature to look like. I deleted it. Okay, so I have a weird story that I don't know if it's funny exactly, but it's certainly unusual, so I'll just share it with you guys. So for context on this one, I have really, really terrible handwriting. Also, I'm a complete technophile, so if I can use technology, I will use technology. There are honest-to-God times when I'll go like a full year without writing a single letter with pen and paper. I don't go to school, I'm a YouTuber so I do all my work on my computer, and if I want to write myself a note, usually I just get on my phone and send myself an email as a reminder. So the point I'm trying to make here is that on top of having really terrible handwriting, I also get zero practice in actually writing things with my hand. The result of this is that my signature is wildly inconsistent because it'll be literally like two or three years between me needing to write my signature. So anyways, I went to go buy this house that I'm currently living in right now and I had to get a loan from the bank. And in order for the loan to be approved, I had to sign a bunch of documents. And this is the same bank that I joined when I was like 16 years old or something. 
So this bank had my signature on file, a signature that I made when I was 16, so I don't even remember what I was writing like when I was 16 years old. Anyways, they were like, okay, sign this document. And I signed my name, and the person looked at it. They looked at their computer, and they said, I'm sorry, but I can't accept this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The guy was like, yeah, so I saw you sign the document. However, the signature that you just signed doesn't match the signature that you have on file. And I'm like, who cares? You literally just watched me sign the document. Why can you not accept it? And he says, well, bank policy is that the signatures have to match, you know, for verification purposes. But you can try as many times as you like, so let me print out another paper and you can sign again. And he printed out another paper and I signed it again. He looked at it and was like, sorry, I can't accept this one either. And at this point, so I'm getting a loan for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I can't buy this house, which I've made an offer on, until I get the loan approved so I can send the money over to the sellers to buy the house. They like, I got my wallet. I'm like, look, I'm Dabney. This is, here's my driver's license. Here's my social security card. This is me. I'm Dabney. I'm writing, look, Dabney Bailey on the paper. I signed the document. Please accept it. And the guy's still just like, sorry, can't do it. It's not a match. So I was like, okay, well, can you at least show me the signature that I made when I was 16 so I can try to match it? And the guy thought about it for a second. Then he went to go ask his manager and his manager said, yes, I can see that signature, (laughs) but I have to prove my identity. Would (laughs) Would you like to guess what I had to do to prove my identity? That's correct. Sign a document saying I am who I really am. So that document got rejected because I didn't know how to sign my name that would give me approval to look at what my signature looked like so I could match it (laughs) so I could sign any of these documents. Finally, I had to actually call up my mom and I was like, mom, do you have any like old documents that I would have had from like high school with my signature or my name written on there somewhere and like take a picture of it and send it to me? And I got a picture on my phone. So I'm looking at the signature on my phone and I try to copy it as closely as possible. The guy looks at my new signature, looks at the computer and says, nope, not good enough. So it turns out that even though the signature that my mom sent me was pretty much identical to the signature that he had on his computer, the problem was I just wasn't very good at perfectly replicating the handwriting style and idiosyncrasies that I had when I was 16. So I had to have them give me a piece of paper and literally practice copying the signature on the phone like 20 times before they would finally give me another contract and I could try to replicate that signature as closely as possible. Honestly, honest to God, like 30 minutes later, I'm not even kidding, 30 minutes of practice and trial and error. Finally, they approve the loan. I get my money. I buy the house and everything's fine. But afterwards, I was thinking it's just so bizarre because let's suppose like there's two scenarios. Either I am who I say I am or I'm not who I say that I am. If I really am me, Dabney, then shouldn't my like photo ID, the state issued driver's license and my social security card, shouldn't all those be sufficient to show who I really am? At that point, why do you need a signature? But then on the other hand, suppose that I wasn't Dabney. Suppose it was some imposter trying to take out a loan in my name, which obviously would be terrible. In that case, if some guy walked into my bank pretending to be me and they tried to sign the document and the document didn't quite match, does that mean that the guy behind the desk would just be like, oh, it's cool. You have like infinite number of retries. So just keep trying over and over again until you get it right. 
I don't know. I don't know if this story is funny. I know that it's weird, though. Our next Reddit post is from Ligamentary. I'm a tutor. Most of my work has been virtual for the sake of clients' convenience, even though the quarantine is lifting. However, some parents still prefer in-person tutoring sessions. Once I was fully vaccinated, I was perfectly happy to return to in-person sessions. I work with one family who can be a bit prickly regarding public health measures. They wouldn't let their son do virtual sessions with me because they were certain that he wasn't learning anything. So they pressured me quite hard, but unsuccessfully, to return to in-person before the vaccine was available. I should point out that their son wouldn't really need tutoring at all, except that their parents forced him into a gifted program that really he isn't suited for. But anyways, the first few face-to-face sessions were all fine and good. But then one day I went to their house, and I noticed the father of the family had a pretty severe cough. I asked if he was okay, and he insisted that he was fine and that I should come in. He even tried to shake my hand even though he had a cough. Well, whatever. I was in a separate room with the son, so I figured that everything would be fine. I wouldn't be there for very long, and I could always open a window. So I started working with the kid, but I kept hearing the father really coughing badly, and I was pretty uncomfortable. I offer virtual sessions for precisely this reason, and I even specifically have clients sign a document saying that if they or their kid is sick, then they'll reschedule. When my student mentioned that his dad had returned from a trip to see a big game about two weeks ago, I was done. I excused myself early and made up some bogus excuse about a burst pipe at home. I didn't want to have a confrontation about the real reason in front of my student. I went back home and planned to schedule a call with the parents because the topic of do this again and our professional relationship is over didn't seem appropriate for an email. The call went about as well as you would expect. They were like, you want to live your life in fear? Go ahead, but we're not paying for that session that you walked out on. About a week and a half later, a health department worker contacted me to inform me that I had been exposed to COVID-19. They couldn't tell me who, but I'm absolutely sure that it was that guy. The worst part about this story is that for that official to contact me, the original person would have had to test it positive. So the father knew he had it, chose not to reschedule, and exposed me. Then he just sat on that information for who knows how many days while I infected my loved ones and other clients while he just sat on his butt. Thankfully, because I'm fully vaccinated, I seem to have been spared. If he hadn't felt so entitled to in-person sessions while he was sick, then I wouldn't have had this huge scare. But I'm just grateful that I haven't caught it. It's been a week now, and so far, so good. Though props to my health department, they follow up like clockwork. I terminated our business relationship in writing, and their response was, You're discriminating against us for our beliefs. What, our son doesn't deserve an education as much as the scientists? We'll find a better teacher than you for less money. Most of their email wasn't spelled or formatted correctly, so that should tell you something. Stay safe out there, people, and get vaccinated. You never know who you're working with. So, I don't know why these people are trashing living in fear. A healthy dose of fear can really be a good thing. When I drive my car, I wait at red lights because, yeah, I'm scared of dying in a fiery car crash. If I saw a bear in the woods, I wouldn't run up and pet it. I mean, it'd be super cool to pet a bear. I wish I could, but I'm not because I'm scared of being mauled to death by an angry bear. Are we to assume that this guy just runs every red light he sees and is like, look at all these scaredy cats. So pathetic. Our next Reddit post is from Satan Fister. 
I'm a 25-year-old woman, and my younger sister, who's 21, is really pregnant. For the past few weeks, my sister has been demanding that my partner and I babysit her newborn every weekend, from Friday morning to Sunday evening, so that she and her partner can have time off from being parents and not overstress. Every time, I've laughed at her and shut it down real quick with, nope, not gonna happen. And then she gets mad at me that I'm not helping her out. Yesterday, she got her mother involved. My mom called me and asked why I was being a self-centered B-word and so selfish. I didn't raise you to be this way. I told my mom that I was a grown woman with my own house and life. And that if I wanted to watch two kids as a second job, then I would effing have some. She sputtered out something about me being a horrible person and hung up on me. My partner and one of my aunts are 100% on my side. However, my mom, dad, and 900 other family members are getting involved, calling me out on Facebook and blowing up my phone. That's awesome news, OP. If your mom, dad, and all your family members care so much about this, then they can babysit the kids. Honestly, it makes more sense for grandparents to babysit the kid than the aunt to babysit the kid. That was our slash entitled parents. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.